Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Deep calleth unto deep. Hallelujah. Draw on the spirit within you, your spirit man. Deep calleth unto deep, deep calleth unto deep, deep calleth unto deep. Spiritual things. We're talking about spiritual things. Yay. The things of the spirit. Bringing the things of the spirit into the natural. So that we can see. So that we can understand. So that we can hear. What the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Time out, time out, time out for standing on the sidelines, the Lord says. Time out for standing on the sidelines, the Lord says. It is time to play ball. It is time to get on the field. It is to find your position. If you want to play football, let's play football with the foot and the ball. Let's move, move the ball, the Lord says. Move the ball. It's in your corner. It's in your court. Hallelujah. 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 It's time out for games. It's time to get serious. It's time to get serious about the things of, of God, the things of the spirit, the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. Moshikiah de Kadaha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Take over, Holy Spirit. That's what we want. That's why we're here. That's why this is called a prophetic gathering. And not that I am the only one that needs to speak. Everybody needs to speak. But, but for to the lesson for this hour that we are dealing with now, there will be sound teaching and doctrine released spiritually. So turn on your spiritual minds, your spiritual tuners. Turn on your tuners. You can only hear this and receive this with your spirit. This is what we call deep, deep calling on to deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to do a screen share. Glory to your name, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Tonight's uh, 
lesson or teaching is going to be on divine portals. Praise God. Hallelujah. And our, our, our opening scripture is Revelations chapter 4, verse 1. Revelations 4 and 1. And I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. So if you've got the King James translation or whatever other translation you have, you still should be able to get the gist of what the message is. is Revelations chapter 4, verse 1. Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw a portal open into the heavenly realm. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning said, ascend into this realm. It means come up, come up here. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. And we know from this scripture, this is uh, the book of Revelation, Revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's the fourth chapter, the first three chapters dealt with a message to the churches. This fourth chapter is going to take us to the heavenly realm now. We're leaving the, the natural and going into the spirit. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come to teach us, lead and guide us and open and reveal to us your word. We say we get out of the way for you to take over. I die so that you shall live through me and speak through me. We thank you that all minds are clear, hearts are open to receive, and it falls on fertile ground, the release of your word, so that it takes root and will continue to grow and cause hunger to be increased in each of us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. What are divine living spiritual portals? There's all types of portals. That's why I'm saying divine and living bring life, not death. So today's topic is going to help us to explore that. We're going to talk about the third heaven. What are portals? Why do they exist and what is their purpose? And how do we access divine supernatural portals? The three heavens of the Bible mention the first heaven. So it's three dimensions or three levels. Rather, you, you're looking at the levels from here going up, one, two, three, or do you see the levels in the spirit rim now, where the spirit rim is all around us? It's just invisible. So then it can be one, two, three, one, two, three. It could be anywhere, those three dimensions. Because God is everywhere, right? Spirit is everywhere. The spiritual realm that we don't see is everywhere. We already know that the atmosphere is everywhere. It's all around us. We're here in Omaha, but there's a Chicago, there's a Los Angeles, there's a Hawaii, it's all around the world. 
You can go to the continent of Africa. We can go to Asia. We can go to Europe. And it's all still a part of our atmosphere. Might take us a while to get there. Thank God for airplanes. But it's still a part of this atmosphere. So that's the first heaven, this atmosphere that we see. Okay. And I wanted to make sure I'm keeping up because on the on the Zoom, they're getting like a snapshot of some of the presentation. You guys don't have that. And it shows the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. And I can show these to you all that are not on Zoom. And that with technology, you really is so nice to have because if we can do it on the PowerPoint back on the computer, it would be on the screens. And then you guys could see it on the screens. But um, I have yet to be, I'm going to be trained on that one of these days, I guess. But yeah, that helps a whole lot. The second heaven. Um, okay, I'm still on slide three. Let me stop. Sorry, slide four. The second heaven here is um, the starry space. That's the outside here. And then you have the third heaven. When we finally get out of the heavenly realms that's above all of the stuff and you're where God is. Because in the Bible it says, that's where his throne is. He says, I'm in the third heavens. So if people tell you there's more heavens than three, I don't know. I'm only going with what the Bible says. This is sound doctrine. I'm not going outside that. I'm not listening to what other people say and what they may think. I, when I have an opinion, I'll say that this is my opinion. But when it's the word, it's the word. Okay, so we're going to talk about each of those. The first one, and uh, hopefully I'm not going too fast for those on, on Zoom. The first one, let me read the scripture in Psalm 33, 6. It says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host the host means the stars, the planets, and anything else out there. They were all made by the word of the Lord, were the heavens made. That's in the Bible, Psalm 33, verse 6. And all the host of them by the breath of the Rahu, Roho, Rahu, that's Greek meaning for breath of God, the breath of his mouth, God's mouth, God, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit is still God. That's how everything was created. So in the first heaven, it's, uh, um, it's what we call the firma, firmament. It's the atmosphere above us. This heaven is the closest to the earth. It can be seen with your neck and eye, and it is temporal, not permanent. It's only temporal. Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then in verse 8, he says, I, and God called the firmament heaven. That's what he called heaven. It's right there in your word. And the evening and the second and, and the morning were the second day. Okay, so it's the second heavens. The second heaven is the space where the sun, moon, stars, and planets are located. It's what we call outer space. 
You heard people say that's the outer space. We've sent ships to the outer space. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 19 reads, and beware that you do not raise your eyes toward heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, and let yourselves be led astray and worship them and serve them. They're mere created bodies. They're created by God. You are warned not to worship or serve them. Many men in this, in this world have done just that. Right? Yes. The Lord, so he has, we're not to worship them. Because God has, he, God allowed it those, those things to serve us. They benefit mankind. All the peoples under the whole heaven. He created them for mankind. He created those first. And he, he, he thought all this out. You know, he does, the, as they say, the beginning at the end, all thought out, and he made this for us. He made this place for man. Of course, we know Satan was uh, thrown down to the earth before he made man, but anyway. So he's what we have to deal with. He was here too, but God had that all planned out as well. Now we're gonna talk a little bit about the third heaven. The third heaven is located where God's throne is. The third heaven is considered God's throne. Can you imagine the whole third heaven is his throne? Okay, there's, there's uh, I don't know if that's in this, one of the Psalms. It talks about how he measured the waters with the, the, the breadth or the length of his, his hand or his palm. It's like from one, one the thumb to the, the tip of the, so that, and that's all the waters on the earth. Wow. I mean, that's a lot, that's, that's huge. And that's only like, I mean, if I look at my hand, that's like four inches, right? <laughs> so now you gotta take a look at the world and think of God's hand being about like that. I mean, who can, who can really describe the, the length of that? It's really difficult. So we just have to see ourselves in him where he wants us to be and where he wants us to see ourselves in him, seated in heavenly places, right? Amen. And so this, um, according, so it's situated, the, we always say the uttermost north from the earth, the earth's atmosphere. Because then for us to understand and for God to help us to understand where he is, that's how he describes it in the Bible, which is the third heavens. So according to the apostle Paul, he was caught up to the third heavens. He was caught up in the unseen realm. Second Corinthians, let me go back one here. I went a slide too soon there uh, on Zoom. Second Corinthians 12, one through three, I'm gonna read that. So it's not the one that's on the slides. The ch 12th chapter of second Corinthians 12. One through three. It is not, this is Paul speaking. It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. <laughs> he says, but I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Wow. 
So he's letting us know he's prophesying. He's going to come into some visions or has come into some visions and revelations of the Lord. Maybe he did when he was with Saul on the Damascus Road, I guess. He says, I knew a man in Christ above, about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows such an a one was caught up into the third heaven. Verse 3. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, but God knows. And I didn't want to, I didn't add any more to that. I didn't want to read the rest of that. So that's something you can continue to read. But just letting you know that there is such a place and Paul went. He's not the only one that went. We're going to see that a little bit later with some more examples. So if we think about the, the actual spirit realm, which we've talked about the spirit realm before, um, it's, it's the unseen realm. We've made that clear. It's also considered or called the supernatural realm. It's called supernatural because it's above the natural, supra, above. So it's anything that's supra, above, is going to be more powerful, more colorful, more anointed, moving fast, and something that we in our natural state right now in this body on earth cannot really absorb or participate in or be a part of. Maybe like with God's glory, when he told, um, he told, uh, goodness, about his glory, you know, you, he would burn maybe <laughs> if he saw it. I can't think of the, who? Moses, thank you. <laughs> I'm on the top of the mountain. Yeah, with the glory, he told him, you couldn't, you can't, you can't live and be in the presence of my glory. So it's a higher dimension. The spirit realm is a different dimension. The spirit realm or this dimension has spheres, levels, and stages. It's not stagnant, it's moving has movement and you know i know um i have experienced this i'm sure others have too and have talked about it but just you know to say because holy spirit's uh, leading me this way you can be in one level and then move into another level as you uh, we use the word graduate because in school we go from one level to the next in school as we're being trained same situation in the in the spirit you can go from one higher or one level to another. So a, di a dimension is, is considered a world of higher thoughts. So your, your, th your thought process has to think at a new level every time you move to a new level, a new dimension, just like in school. You know, I, we don't remember it, but you know, at one point we were only doing addition <laughs> or subtraction. Eventually we start doing, you know, we complained about it, the long divisions, you know, and the fractions, it got to be really difficult, more difficult, more challenging. So it's at a higher level. So we have to, we have to see the spirit rim and function in, function in, in the spirit rim at a higher level or a different perspective, God's perspective. 
I remember when he gave me the word high, that word perspective comes back to me. It was like in like 1990 or something like that. And I was just, you know, I was, I thought I was doing good with prophesying. I was prophesying. I was hitting people. People said they would see me and say, ah, oh, that, that word you gave me was on right on, or it came to pass or what have you. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me so loudly, almost like that audible voice we think we hear sometimes. Yeah. He said, higher perspective word value. And I said, oh, okay. You, well, you know, you don't think those kind of sentences or phrases or thoughts. That's how you know when God speaks to you, because it's a string that doesn't be, it's not familiar to you. So it did, that was, that was from, a, that was him saying, okay, it's time for you to move up to a new level. It's like, okay, I have to cooperate and grow because that's what God expects. He expects me to grow. There are three dimensions that we're familiar with it, that we're aware of in the heavenlies, but there could be others. I kind of tend to think there are, because I think within each dimension, there's, there's like levels in the dimension. And then in, the, in those levels in the dimension, there could be even some more realms. So it's like when we get into to grade school, and then from grade school, we, we cross over with a little bit and we're going to middle school. Then we go to high school, then we go to college. And then from there, you can, you know, the sky's the limit as far as, you know, your master's degree or your, well, you first you get associate degree, your bachelor's degree, your master's degree, and then all the doctoral degrees that are out there for you to get and specialize in. I mean, that's, that's high, that's really higher rims of knowledge, if you look at that same way in the spirit realm where God drill, dwells. So I wanted to use, take the word world, which is the spirit realm is considered a world. It's an unseen world. It's organized. It functions. <clears throat> it was there before we were here. It was always there. Mm -hmm. God put us here. He created us. He created that as well. So we know God's not going to create something that, that's not going to be functioning appropriately and systematically. And everything exists in the way it, it hangs in the sky for a reason. It's a purpose. It's set there for a purpose. And it's, and it's he, because he created it to be such. So that word world also means cosmos. You heard the word cosmos? Sometimes you'll hear the word world systems. You might even hear the world, the word world order. We hear about the new world order. So that's, that's talking about the cosmos, what man thinks they have impact on or possibly can even control. But we know that he, they can't control uh, their fate. So the spirit realm always existed. It's organized, it's structured, it has order. So 1 Corinthians chapter two, and you can, I'm not gonna read uh, all these verses, nine through 14. I wanna read just verse 14. But 1 Corinthians two, nine, 14, you might wanna put in your notes. It says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. 
Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The word discerned means revealed to you so that you understand. So they're right there in 1 Corinthians 2.14. It's already telling us anything in this Bible that is spiritual, which we know the Bible is spirit, the word is spirit and life. The only way you're going to really understand it and grasp it and grow in it is to spiritually discern it. And the only way you're going to spiritually discern it is to be born again and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you're born again, yes, you get a measure of the spirit, a measure. But when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get to overflowing where you receive your, uh, your spiritual language and God can continue to fill you, continue to grow you. Your, your, even your prayer language and your, your tongues will change and they will grow. That shows growth. That's when you can really know that you are growing in God. The other thing I want to say about the spirit world is that this is an example I used before. Is if you take a drop of water out of a pond and put it on a glass microscopic microscopic glass that they call, you know they use, and then put it under microscope, you'll see a whole nother world there, right? <laughs> Those things in there are living; they're moving around and swimming like crazy, right? So that's their world, that's their environment. Their, their cells, their bacteria, their what, whatever, enzymes, et cetera. Even inside our bodies, we, we put something under the microscope and look at our blood and our blood cells. It's alive. Those things are living within us. That's how the spirit realm is that you can't see. There's stuff in there and they're moving and they're alive. <laughs> whatever they may look at, look like but we just can't see them because our eyes are protected from that. The only way that you can is Holy Spirit reveals them to you spiritually, as this chapter says and verse says, spiritually discerned. Now, some are born with the gift of seeing that are seers and everybody has a certain call and position in the body of Christ. So everybody will see it at different levels. And some may, may never really see with their natural eyes, but they may see a lot in, with their spiritual eyes. So there's several ways to even to see. You can hear and you're seeing. And that's, that. These, like I said, I'm teaching tonight and I'm teaching at a spiritual level. So you really have to open your spirits to follow along with me. Okay, so we're gonna talk about portals, divine portals. Sometimes portals are described as open heavens or a open heaven. So what, when I talk about portals, I'm talking about portals mainly on the basis because of my experience and what God's shown me, not what I heard somebody else say. And if I did hear somebody else say, and I quote them, I'll say that. But there are several portals out there that are not divine. They're not holy. They are demonic. So just like we're here and we can receive and see, receive from the divine because we, we, have, we are children of God, 
we are his children. The enemy also has the devil as his children, whether they agree to be his children or not. They're being influenced by demonic forces that come through portals or openings in the heavens or in the atmosphere. So they're located, portals are all over the world. They're located all over the world. Um, I wanted to find portals here before we go into some examples. I'm kind of a little faster on my notes. I mean, on my uh, slide presentation and my notes. So a portal is, uh, it's uh, spherical, like a spear, spear shaped opening of light that offers divine protection. Remember my teaching is all for the divine. You guys know that, I don't have to say that, but anyway, <laughs> just in case there's something that you wanna somewhere else. So I'm gonna speak as, as uh, thus says the Lord and from God. It's an opening of light that offers divine protection by which angels and heavenly beings can travel. They come and go without any demonic interference. They have free, free reign to come and go. And, and they're, the, the, that portals that they're coming through, demons are nowhere there and nowhere near them. The demons have their portals and then the angels have their portals, okay? Now, if we go back to the three heavens, the second heaven is where the demonic forces typically live, dwell. That's where Satan's throne is. It's in the second heavens. God is in the third heavens. So this is coming. These, these are openings from the third heaven, bypassing or, or getting in, having no interference or involvement at all with the second heaven right to us in our atmosphere. Okay. That's, that's what a divine, a divine portal is. It is uh, an atmosphere in response to spiritual influence. It's, so it's influenced by the spirit realm. Okay, so let's talk about an atmosphere. An atmosphere over time can create what we call a climate. A climate, you know, an, an atmosphere, like when we came in today, we first got here, uh, Mother Agnes was already here and another young lady. And, you know, the atmosphere was so peaceful. It was just peaceful and very inviting. And so we didn't really have to come and pray much. So I, would, I like to come early because I like to come and set the atmosphere. I want to pray. It was already there. So we sat down and we had, we could just take our breath and rest for a little bit. Of course, I probably should have got the Zoom going a lot sooner because we still started a little late. Um, but once we did our worship songs, cause that's how the Lord has put it on my heart to open before I speak is to enter in to my presence in worship. And so it's not so much the presence here it's the presence we're going to him in the, in the presence so that he can connect with us and the atmosphere changed. Right, you guys sense the change in the atmosphere and the, the heaviness of the anointing, almost to the point where it seems like God is really the glory is is showing up uh, for us. 
So we must change our atmosphere, not only in our homes, but in our churches and even in our cities, our communities, our, our streets, our blocks, our neighborhoods. A climate that is sustained over time. So we already said an atmosphere over time becomes a climate. And so this climate in here, this atmosphere in here, the climate is always um, peace at peace, a shalom type peace where you can just come in and just step right into God's presence. It's like he's waiting. That's setting a climate. A climate over a long period of time what creates what we call strongholds. Now, when we think of strongholds, we think of bad strongholds, but there are good strongholds too, okay? So the stronghold that's in this, that we're creating here in this atmosphere here at RCCG is holy. God's holy anointed presence. So much so that when people walk in, you know, you, you may want to lie face on your face in repentance or take your shoes off. It just depends on where each individual is spiritually. That's the type of stronghold that, that is produced to hold God's glory or envelop and embrace his glory that, that stays and lingers. And we, you know, one example is when we talk about people having a revival, that's what revivals are. That presence is, that glory doesn't go anywhere. It may lift, but it's still there. And anybody that hits that area knows it, okay? And he's visiting. So they call it a visitation. We don't want a visitation. We want a habitation. The stronghold is a habitation. So a climate that's sustained can create strongholds. We'll talk about some examples of some in a little bit here. And a stronghold over a certain region, now we're talking really in the natural, can create what we call a culture. Culture is transmitted into a belief system. So once you have a culture, then people start to believe what the average person is believing in that setting or, or in that community or in that environment. Rather they want to or not, <laughs> they're going to conform. You just, you just conform to it. Belief systems create behavior. What people be, believe is what they do and what they say. Okay, let's look at a few examples. For example, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma in a certain area, maybe most of it, is what we call an open heaven. And it's been that way for years and years and years and years and years and years. As I know that the uh, Azusa movements were in the late 80s, early 90s. Prior to that, you had ORU and Oral Roberts who built ORU and that big prayer tower and the hospital and all this by God giving him the vision to build it. Then you had Raymond Bible College. that's also there, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen. And there's a slew of ministries there. I mean, lots of ministries there, but when we went downtown, Don and I were there, we went to the Greenwood District in downtown Tulsa. You guys know about the slaughter that happened there, the massacre on Black Wall Street. It's called, it's also known as Black Wall Street, that district. 
it's kind of like if you look at 24th Street. 24th Street is really, it, there for a while was really, really going down bad, especially at the extreme ends. And then in certain sections, you had these bad buildings or boarded up buildings and things like that. That's kind of what happened to Black Wall Street. But what's left, they have built up. It's all built up and there's businesses, but it's only a few blocks compared to say 20 to 30 blocks. Now you're only talking about maybe four blocks. Very depressing. We went into one of the uh, souvenir shops. Okay, think, think spiritually, okay, in strongholds and cultures, climates and atmospheres. We went in that good shop and Don wanted to get t-shirts and some other things. And huh, of course it hit me because I am so open spiritually. But I'm, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm guarded and protected though by God. For, for you know, I, I only get and get on me or in me or see or reveal to me what He wants me to handle or carry. I went in there and I just, I, it just, boom, it just hit me. I began to weep. I began to feel these cries coming up out. And it was there, it was that the survivors, people that are currently living, that are, they have family members that were a part of that massacre. They, you know, they never, some of them, they never found. They only found over a hundred people. They said there's at least a couple hundred more that were not found or accounted for. So it's like their whole heritage is lost. But, it, you know, I could feel their, uh, their cries. And it was like the innocent, the blood of innocent people crying out for revenge. And so the Lord had me feel that and I had to weep and I had to go in intercession for a bit. And I'm, and I'm sure most people who are intercessors, probably if they go there, they will pick up on that. And, and, and God, that's how he, that's how we're kind of trained too. He's training me. In, in certain ways too. And sometimes he'll send you places and you're on assignment. You don't realize you're on assignment and he's using you to make some things happen, to deposit some things or to break some things off or whatever, release some things. So any little thing is not a little thing to God. It's huge, has huge ramifications for God. Another, another one, okay, let's look at New Orleans. Wow. Perversion, perversion, perversion. Wow. Grotesque, any word, whatever words you want to say. Let me tell you, I went there for a conference and I went to for a conference. I did not plan it. I, I, God ordered my steps. October 31st. I had no clue <laughs> what they do October 31st in that city in New Orleans. <laughs> Now my hotel, cause it was a real, I mean, I was working where I, this company, I had all this money they were sending me places. My, my hotel was out um, by the, the water, you know, in the sand and the beaches. So I was way away from the city, but I know I had went, in, went into the city at least once, I guess for, they all wanted to go and have, have a meal or something. And I mean, I had to walk like I had blinders on as I was walking because people were just overly exposed. They were wearing jockey straps. They were, they were, they had the, it was gross. 
that's all I can say. You, it was just gross. <laughs> and then there was one evening I was out on the beach walking around the hotel. And I think that was actually the 31st, the night of 31st. Um, uh, they call Halloween. <laughs> and then I, I went into real strong intercession and just screaming out. Just really, just really just, I just screamed out. It wasn't like a scream screen. It was, I can't tell you what it was called. It, you know, I've done travail. That was a, a different kind of travail. Ugh. But it was, you know, like God's angry at that stuff. It was bad. And they have witchcraft, black magic. They're known for that. Uh, there's like graveyards, it's crazy. Demo everything's just demonic in New Orleans. It's sad, but there's places like that in our, our world. And that's just a small place I'm thinking, telling you guys about. And that's two places. Okay, another place, Lincoln, Nebraska. This is close to home. <laughs> Down in Lincoln, what do we have? College, college town. So at a college town, you've got academics, uh, you've got sororities and fraternities. Sports, what Cornhusker football? That's a climate, that's a culture, that's a behavior. You get in there if you've not been to a game, <laughs> get ready. You feel like you're on the outside looking in until you join in, <laughs> then you're a part of everything <laughs> that's happening there. State government is there, so that's a seat of power and authority for, for Nebraska. And then that environment, because it's there, that's where you have all those state office buildings and everybody trying to run things and everybody trying to tell everybody what to do and everybody controlling the money and, you know, on and on and on and on. So it's power struggles, a lot of power struggles there. Um, and then I was just gonna throw in the fact that when you talk about these climates and everything, the seven mountains, you guys know about the seven mountains, those, uh, the regions like, and there are over regions in different areas, education. There's some places where it's heavy in education. So much so that look at these as idols that are being built. Education, businesses, um, family is one of them. Media, arts and entertainment is another one. Entertainment, including football, basketball, those kind of things and religion, spiritual. And then you can look at a lot of the churches and orifices that have been built. All of those are considered atmospheres, cultures, climates that affect a, the spiritual climate over a city or over a community. So portals are located all over the world. Now, some of the places in the earth where they're at like actually in the earth. Okay, Shabar River. Ezekiel has saw and had very many, several experiences there. At the, I'm saying it wrong, Shabar River. Ezekiel one, uh, verse one, verses three through four. Um, let's see, let me read that one. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Shabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. The word of the Lord came expressively unto Ezekiel the priest. 
the son of Buzay, in the land of the Chaldeans, by the river Shabar. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself. And a brightness was about it, and out of the mist thereof as the color of amber, out of the mist of the fire. Also out of the mist thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. I'm just going to stop right there. So those living creatures have the likeness of a man. Interesting. And that was written in the Bible. Remember, we were made in the image of man, right? And so then Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 15 and 23 says, Then I came to them of the ca captivity at Telebib that dwelt by the river Shabar, and I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. Then I arose and went forth into the plain and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there as the glory which I saw by the river Shabar and I fell on my face. So he sees again, God's glory. Wherever God's glory shows up like that, that is a portal. And then Ezekiel eight verses one through 18. But I, I'm going to read just four, starting verse 14. So you want to write down verse 1 through 18. And this is, um, let me find it here in my Bible. I'll be reading out of the King James Version. I guess I should have had a marker. So I'm looking for Ezekiel, I see Jeremiah, is it before or after Jeremiah? Oh, here it is. I'm right here open to it. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> Ezekiel chapter eight, and instead verses one through 18, but I'm going to just read 14, verse 14 to 18. <clears throat> then he brought, verse 14, then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tam Tamazah. Then said he unto me, hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. So they're at the temple. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the east. Verse 17. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they have committed here? For they have 
fill the land with violence and return to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Verse 18. Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine I shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And thou, though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Okay. So they actually defiled the temple. <laughs> what happened? That was a bad thing to do. And so was that a portal there, you think? <laughs> Demonic, very evil. They were worshiping the sun. And in the Bible, they were not supposed to worship the sun. So remember I said there could be portals that are good. And there's also portals that are bad, especially if you're going to um, do something against God. Another portal on earth is um, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where um, Moses <laughs> received the Ten Commandments, right? And, and God showed his backside to him. He passed by him. And then we have Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is also called Mount Zion. It's the Temple Mount. And what is left of it, what we call the Wailing Wall, because on top of that mount, is the dome, the Muslim's dome. Other places um, would be Jordan River. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. Elijah and Elisha got the mantle from Elijah in the Jordan River. Remember the Jordan River was split open. Um, and then the chariot appeared there and that's where Elijah went up. He was raptured. The Jordan River is amazing. I went, got a chance to get baptized in the Jordan River. It was awesome. Water was cold as could be and it was dirty, 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 <laughs> but it was anointed. It was powerful. And there were white doves that hung around that would fly down. Just only God could set something up like that, right? Mount Sinai, let's look at Exodus 34, verse 5 and verse 29. Exodus 34, verse 5. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Verse 29. Now it was so. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses's hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. So he had no clue <laughs> what he looked like. And then the feast of the Lord, you guys know about the feast. I get to plug in a commercial here in a second. The feast of the Lord, are there, there are set times, supernatural moeds, they call them moeds, M-O-E-D. They're appointed times, set times, appointed times by God in the Bible. Leviticus 23, those, those uh, fest, festivals and feast celebrations are still being uh, done right now because they were uh, a commandment 
They're part of the culture. So you could read up on those in Leviticus chapter 23, the Feast of Trumpets, uh, Passover, all of those are considered the Feast of the Lord. Uh, I am doing a six-week session in, I guess we call it a winter session. Um, part of the training that the Lord has asked me to do, along with the monthly gathering and then quarterly boot camps, is uh, uh, sessions or seminars for six weeks straight. And so they'll be held for six weeks every Monday from November the 1st through the 13th of December. November 1st, and it's going to be on the feast, prophetic purposes of the feast of Israel. It will include uh, teachings on Daniel's 70th week, the rapture, tribulation, and much more. So that is going to be a, uh, an exciting time. Purpose of portals. Why do they exist? Why do we have portals? Portals allow us to touch heaven from where all blessings flow. Angels ascend and descend and therefore a habitation for the Lord. If there's a portal there, it's not going anywhere. That's why we say these portals in different places and cities. Even, even um, many will say Jerusalem itself is a portal. And it's definitely different, different there. When you, go, when you go, get a chance to go. Portals bring revelation because it's like an opening, it's revealing. They bring revelation, um, anointing, and God's presence. So I guess this is where I'm getting to talk about the portal in my room. I thought I was gonna be talking about this on the slides. I got some examples of portals that I'm going to share but I think it's, let's look at 1 John 1. I'm sorry, John, the book of John. Apostle John, chapter 1, verse 51. Yeah, let's see if I have that on the screen. First John 151. I mean, uh, John, the book of John. No, I know I can't read without my glasses, so I need to put those back on. Okay, verse 51. And he saith unto me, or to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Upon the Son of Man. That's interesting, huh? <laughs> we, are, we try to always see it here. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense, really, there. But up on. Yeah. The anointing comes up on, right? Anointing comes up on. Comes from within, comes up, up on. Ah, it's all around. It's all over. Okay. I have it pointed here to talk a little bit about the portal I saw. 
in my room. And what I saw, and this was just a, maybe a month ago, maybe it's almost been a couple months ago now, before I saw the portal and the opening, um, for many of you, and if you've been following me and listening on, on Zoom and any of the, um, the meetings at all, the tapings, a podcast, uh, I talk about the angelic, I call it, I'm not gonna say visitation anymore, habitations that I have in my home. So I have several of them there that live there. And I have several, we all have them. And I have several of them that follow me. But I bring that up to say that God wanted me to, he put them in front of me for me to notice them and to respond to them, to interact with them. And he sent me on a teaching to teach in detail about angels. And so I've only done a couple sessions and there's more to come because I have to go back in now to school and get more information and more knowledge and more experiences. But so I already have this habitation going on <laughs> and, and supernatural stuff going on in, in my home, uh, smelling fragrances and cinnamon, myrrh. And the other evening I smelled baked bread in my room. Oh, it was so beautiful, bread baking. Oh gosh, because I'm, I'm trying to remember the smell. It was just so amazing. Um, but anyway, um, before I saw the portal, I, I kind of woke up and turned over and I saw these horses in my room, the horses. And, you know, I just kind of said, hmm. you know, when, you're, when your mind is, you don't want your, you think your mind's playing tricks on you. And it's like a crazy, part of a crazy dream. But I knew they were real. They were real. They were right there real. It's like they really wanted to even talk to me. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't engage myself, nor did they really engage themselves to me to even say anything. But I saw them and I took note, checked them out. And I said, okay, I just rode over and went back to sleep. But different times that come up, you know, I would see them and get in my eye, my mind's eye. And what I could see was that they were adorned. They had headgear, they had garments on. You know, these horses were royalty horses. They were beautiful. But I couldn't see beyond the first half of them, which somebody could have been on them. Couldn't see that part of it. See, God's only going to show you what he knows you can handle and what he wants to show you right at that given time. So maybe a week passed, and then all of a sudden I see this, this portal, this opening. I've seen portals before, but this one was different because it really was living. It was, it was real, it was alive, I'll say alive. Because on the border, like I said, it was a spear shape. On the border, it was like this zicky, 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 zaggy, zicky, zicky, zag, moving around. And then I come to find out that's, that's like electrical current. There's frequency that, that causes it to be open. And then in the center, it was like fog. I mean, I knew something there and it was depth and it's it foggy, but I mean, I didn't get up and like jump out of the bed and run over there and intend <laughs> to it, asking any questions to see what they wanted. I just was concerned about it being real and being from God. But there was no fear, but curiosity. And then, but a concern like, well, what is this? My, my mind jumped in to, to say like, well, what is it then? It's not a person, it's this thing, this circle. 
what, what, what? I want to know what it was. And then the only thing that come out of my natural mind was like, because I know to know this, to say this, if you're not of God, then you got to go. <laughs> you get out of here. Um, and then I said that and it didn't really go anywhere. I'm still there. So it, it, then I, I found out that that was a portal. It was an opening and a way for angels to come and go, ascend and descend. Now, if you read the different scripture, and we're going to talk about that next angelic activity, you will see it, whenever it talks about angels, it says when they, they're ascend, they ascend and descend. They're not descending and then ascending. No, they're ascending. They're coming from here because they have a habitation. They have a habitation here. They're here in that dimension that you cannot see, but they're here and they're assigned to you. And you better believe each one has a name, each one has a purpose, each one has a rank. They know what they're supposed to do. They're organized and they're real. And I'm starting to see them a little bit here and there because I'm not being as scary. Because I'm, I'm, I am, I'm a spooky kind of person. Not, I don't be spooky like, I don't know what that, that word's probably not the best word. I'm not as curious as I probably could be. I just take things for as they are. They're either black or they white, <laughs> you know? I don't, there's no gray for me. And so um, if I see something, I, I want to know what it is because I'm also intellectual. I have to understand because I know my role is to get the point across to other people and to explain to people what is going on. I, I do not like confusion. I don't like people to leave confused and I want people to increase in knowledge and understanding and desire to go for it themselves. And so when he shows me things, it's usually just a little bit here, a little bit there. And then he'll, he'll milk that over time and reveal more to me. Even, he even send me to scriptures and things. So anyway, that particular night, I, I would say in the center, it was kind of a foggy. As I said, it was motion, which is like the electrical current. I find later that's what it's called. In the middle, it was a glow and it was a real soft blue glow, very soothing glow. And I will say it's living. Anything that's of God is alive. We're alive. Angels are, are living. They just are different form of his creation than we are. And so uh, another thing about portals, no, again, they begin in the, the third rim and they end up here in our atmosphere. They bypass the second heavens and they enter into this atmosphere, the Earth's, Earth's atmosphere. So angelic activity, Psalm 78, verse 23 through 24. Psalm 78, 23 through 24. I'm not going to read the scriptures verbatim. I'm going to give them to you so you can have them for further study. But this is the scripture where it talks about the manna that came forth from a portal. That was why the demons could not stop it from coming. It came every day, faithfully. And it fed the Israelites for 40 years. No one got sick. They, they were healthy. And they ate on that manna. They couldn't save it, remember, for the next day. It went rotten. Was, they, got, they received that, and so that was healthy food. That's what it was called, angel food. 
So we get angel food cake crumbs, <laughs> angel food. Then Genesis 28, 10 through 17. So these are examples of portals where angels are coming back and forth. Okay. Genesis 28, verse 10 through 17. This is the scripture where it talks about the angels ascending and descending. Remember, they were here first. Angels were here on the earth. Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17. I have this one written out, so I'll read it. And as Jesus rose up, as Jesus rose, I'm sorry, up out of the water, the heavenly ram opened up over him and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. That's the passion translation. Um, some say that even we can consider ourselves as a portal. I guess because, you know, God's word and anointing can flow in us and it can flow out of us. Yes, you, could, you can say that, I guess. God's never really told me that, but I've heard it and it kind of makes sense. John 1, verse 47 through 51. Angels were ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Remember, in one of our classes, we learned about the anointing being God's presence. And when something is manifested, it's like his presence being manifested to us, it is a sign that shows that something exists. It's a visible form or expression that something invisible does exist. <clears throat> Some, and then what you see, you can't really always see the anointing, but you can see the glory. And we did, we talked about the glory and we've done a, there are some podcasts on those teachings. So the only way that you could see, remember, is if Holy Spirit allows you to see. Some people say, I see, I see, I see, and they're looking and they're looking, but hey, I don't know. If it's not Holy Spirit showing you, then who's showing you? That would be a, a good question. Okay, so um, I'm going to do Revelations 4, but not here. I think I moved that to Supernatural Encounters. We already talked about Ezekiel. Um, he had several. I remember when I was a young prophet and just decided to accept the call. I said, okay, God, what kind of prophet am I? <laughs> he told me to read the book of Ezekiel. <laughs> I said, oh, no, I start reading that book. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but maybe it's the seer part. Because I do see, I do do the dreams and see things, but my eyes are open. And then um, we have Paul on Damascus Road in Acts 9. That was a supernatural encounter. And that, and that Damascus Road experience was a, a portal opening for him. Wherever you have angels descending. Revelation 4.1, where John was taken to heaven. He was taken to heaven through a portal. And he had an encounter not only with Jesus, but also angels while he was there in different times. God was revealing himself. This is the purpose. He was revealing himself to mankind. He was communicating to him provided guidance 
and he's showing and teaching him his ways. So that's how he shows us and teaches his, his ways. Okay, uh, great cloud of witnesses. I wanted to share, share that because this is one of the last experiences I had that will kind of help with understanding portals a little bit. Hebrews 12, verse one and two. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two. We're closing in like a few minutes. I'm gonna end with that experience. So chapter 12, verse one and two says, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sins we so easily fall into. This is amplified. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. Verse two, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I wanted to share the ending here. Um, this experience I had not too long ago, I don't know, they seem to be running in together. And then they, they, they kind of, you know, when you had encounters, you have encounters and you can have visitations. Um, there's something that could last, you don't even know, because you you're not in time anymore. It could have lasted 20 minutes, could have been 30 minutes. You don't even know. <laughs> you just know that it happened. And so this particular one was the one, the great cloud of witnesses. I just, in and I can't remember, Kelly, if I had shared this with you the, the morning that it happened, because it was so vivid. But anyway, um, in my hallway, um, there's, I have hall lights that I have on the wall so I can make sure I don't fall. <laughs> I guess I'm getting older, so <laughs> I set my house up a little bit kind of like to be appropriate. And being a nurse, you kind of think of those things. Anyway, I do have hallways, so I can get up. I don't wanna get up and stumble. And so in that hallway, the light reflects, and then on my ceiling, it's almost like there's a, a, some eyes that are looking at me. And I always say that those that's either Jesus looking at me or this one of my angels kind of reminded me that they're there. It's like, I don't already know they're there. I sense they're there. I'm starting to even see them, you know, more. Um, but this particular morning, I opened up and looked. It was kind of, because I spend, you know, 10 minutes or so uh, before I get out of bed, uh, you know, talking to God and waking up and coming, waking up into his presence. Anyway, that morning I saw all these, this, this movement in this, you know, like, People were moving and they were looking. And I said, what is that? And it was, it was people. I couldn't see faces, but I saw images, shapes, like their shoulders, their bodies, their heads. And they were just all around. It was a big circle. I said, what is that, God? And then, then he says, 
It's a great cloud of witnesses. He says, your cloud of witnesses. I said, oh, wow. I said, that's awesome. <laughs> they were just looking and kind of communicating with one another. And I said, wow. And then, you know, that was it. I just decided, okay, that was good. And I just went into what I normally do with praying and stuff. And, and uh, But throughout the day, I, I, that image would come back. And the Lord would say, like, you know, you don't only have angels or people. We think they're just people or saints or family members. They're the, like the... They're definitely a cloud of witnesses. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's name. <laughs> everybody knows everybody in heaven. The other encounter I want to share, and this is the last one we, as I close, that the ball of fire that I saw that was in front of me, it came. And I, it, I, it just, I, it got, it, it got my attention, but also it was concerned. It kind of yielded back, and then uh, I, I can't remember how. I guess I, I, I relaxed, and I, then I was gone. I was out of, out of where I was in my body. I was, I was in heaven, and I was in a room or in a place. I can't say it was a room because I didn't, couldn't only see so many feet that He allow you to see, uh, that He wants you to see. So I'm sitting, sitting down, and all of these kids were running around, running around me, just children everywhere, calling my name, saying they were glad I was there, and telling me how this place is fun, this place is real. And, you know, uh, we can't wait for you to come, and we can be a family. And how the they told me <laughs> I got like I love food I like to cook the food is good <laughs> that was good to hear <laughs> so there's a variety of different types of foods and things like that and they were just having a good time and they would call my name and they knew who I was and it was like wow this is I, I what did I say oh this is heaven <laughs> it feels like heaven well it, it was heaven <laughs> and then I could tell on my backside over here like. A little bit further like behind me on each side these huge huge angels were there and th those are my twins I told you I had twins <laughs> they told me that later after I've decided to respond to them in my in my home that I uh, had two of them Ted who is also Theophilus and then Theodore but they each could be a Ted for short for their names but because they're twins <laughs> but they were there and then I don't know how long I was in that encounter, but everybody knows everybody. Now for my encounters, my visions, my dreams, my area of where I actually um, experience portals is in my room, my bedroom. That is my altar, that is my bedroom, that, that's where I am. Have, I've always had dreams and visions and so on and so forth. So this last slide is how do we access divine portals? How does that, how do we make, how do you do that? Do you make them happen? Well, not really, but I think it's really good. We, we're supposed to desire to experience these things. Yeah. I don't think you could actually make them happen. You happen, God makes them happen. He's the one that comes to you and opens those doors. So next month, August, 
we're going to talk about that. That's going to be the title, how to access portals. But it's really going to, it's really talking, the way that we access them is through the tabernacle prayer. It's a, it's a, a concept of praying using the concept of the tabernacle, the temple, going in through the gate, uh, the outer court, the inner court, the most holy, and how do you, how do you get there? That sets you up for encounters and participation with God and intimacy with God. Those are keys. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, for every heart that is here, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the word that was released uh, doesn't cause any confusion, but causes each of us to want more of you. Your mercy, your goodness, your presence, Lord. Definitely your goodness, Lord. That you would continue to shine your light upon us and our families. Watch over us, lead us and guide us. Show us who you are because we know that our identity is in you. We thank you, Lord, for every good, perfect gift we know comes from above. Thank you for increasing our desire to see, to have dreams and visions and supernatural encounters touching you. So we know, we know that you are real. We know that you are real. And we wanna enjoy heaven now here on earth. We wanna, we wanna experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Thanks everyone for coming. Do a stop share here.